direct from Music City. This is live from Nashville. First thing I remember knowing was a lonesome whistle blowing and a youngin's dream of growing up to ride. On a freight train leaving town, not knowing where I'm bound, and no one could change my mind but Mama tried. A one and only rebel child from a family meek and mild, my Mama seemed to know what lay in store. Despite all my Sunday learning, towards the bad I kept on turning, till mama couldn't hold me anymore. And I turned 21 in prison, doing life without parole. No one could steer me right, but mama tried, mama tried, mama tried to raise me better, but her pleading I denied. That leaves only me to blame, cause mama tried. Dear old daddy, rest his soul Left my mom a heavy load She tried so very hard to fill his shoes Working hours without rest Wanted me to have the best She tried to raise me right, but I refused And I turned 21 in prison Doing life without parole No one could steer me right, but Mama tried. Mama tried, Mama tried to raise me better. But her pleading I denied. That leaves only me to blame, cause Mama tried. Mama tried, Mr. Merle Haggard. Welcome to the show today from Nashville, Tennessee. I'm your host, Gary Holt. Joining me is my wife and my co-host, Mary Kay. Good morning, Mary Kay. Good morning. How are you? How? Are you have uh, down I'm, there? I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. Very... Yeah, I'm fine. How are you enjoying this weather? Oh, my goodness. It's so beautiful. Gorgeous. Fall Fall has arrived. Fall has arrived. So I will just, I'm going to tell the audience, we haven't told them this before. We pre-record this show earlier in the week so we can air it live, or not live, we air it on Saturday. And uh, and that's because people are touring and doing gigs. And so we, we record the show early this week, this week is Mary Kay and mine 33rd, not 33rd anniversary. And she is going to be in Utah where her daughter is getting married on our anniversary. So we will have to celebrate when you come back. We will celebrate when you come back. Yeah, I think you're going to be up on top of a mountain or something. Didn't she get married on top of a mountain on Saturday? Yeah, hiking into her wedding. That's, and so it's going to be uh, a workout to go see my daughter married. <laughs> well, it will be, but it's, it should be a beautiful wedding. 
Well, we have a beautiful show today, and we have two very special guests that are joining us. Tell us who we've got today. Oh, my goodness. We've got such a good show set up for you today. Our first guest is Anita Stapleton, and then our second guest is a, a dear friend named Devin O'Day. And you will not want to miss this show. The music is going to, you'll need a box of tissues, um, and you'll just love these women. All right. So we are looking forward to talking with Anita as well as Devin. And right now we're going to get to a great song from Miss Anita Staple. It's one called I Hear You Talking. We'll come back on live from Nashville and visit with her in just a moment. You talk, talk, talk and don't ring true. I'm listening politely too, but I don't believe a word you say. I hear you talking, telling lies I can see in those great big eyes. I hear you talking wise, but I don't believe a word you say. You say that I'm your honey and that I'm all you're thinking. Yes, I do, but you talk, 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 and don't ring true. I'm listening politely, too, but I don't believe a word you say. Talk, 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 and don't ring true. I'm listening politely, too, but I don't believe a word you say. I hear you talking, telling lies. I can see them in those great big eyes. I hear you talking wise, but I don't believe a word you say. You say that I'm your honey and love, that I'm all you're thinking of. I hear you talking, Dove, but you ain't been fooling me. I hear you talking, yes I do, but you talk, talk, talking don't ring true. I'm listening politely too, but I don't believe a word you say. Oh my goodness. You can tell just from that song that we are in for a treat today. Um, Anita Stapleton has got an early start in music. She started singing at a young age and was encouraged. One of her influences was Barbara Mandrell, and I definitely can hear that influence in her voice. Uh, She started singing gospel music first, and then she started um, 
She made her way over to Nashville. She has performed with some very big names. And I think the thing that is most exciting to me is that she toured with Patty Loveless as part of the band. And um, she is here in Nashville, and you can come and see her locally as well. I want to give a warm live from Nashville welcome to our guest today, Anita Stapleton. Hi, Anita. Hi, Mary Kay. It's great to be here. Oh, my goodness. Hello, so young much. lady. Hey, young lady. Hey, How are Mary? you? <laughs> I'm good. Thank you all so much for having me today. Well, thanks for joining us. So this is your first time on the show, and we want to kind of delve into your background, and so tell us where you're from originally. I'm from Pennsylvania originally, and I grew up with country music. I mean, that's the, and my, my parents still are big country music fans, grew up listening to people. You played Merle Haggard to start the show off, and and yeah. that's uh, definitely one of the people that I love, and George Jones, and Tammy Wynette, and Patsy Cline, Loretta Lynn, Conway Tweedy, all those great artists are who I grew up listening to. Well, Mary Kay had mentioned that you uh, started out singing gospel. Did you start out singing in church? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, I joined the little church choir, the children's choir, when I was about eight or nine years old, something something like that. And then uh, when I got up enough nerve, they asked me to sing a solo. When I got up enough nerve, I was uh, playing piano at the time. Uh, I hadn't been playing that long. And I I sang a solo, and I was so nervous. I, the, the piano was actually facing the pulpit instead of the congregation, which was great because I was really scared. <laughs> and so... <laughs> But that was kind of my my first, I guess you'd say, solo singing performance, I guess. Well, how did you decide to make the move to Nashville? Well, you know, my brother and I started, we actually formed a little band. We had several little bands up, up home and played a lot of music together. He started playing a banjo when he was about 12, and I, like I said, I started taking piano lessons and started playing the, the guitar and all of that. And we we performed a lot in that area. And, and I just, I don't know, I, I just felt like God was, was leading me to Nashville. I had that in my heart ever since I was a little girl. I, I wanted to move to Nashville, and I, I wanted to try to to further pursue my, my singing career. And I moved in 1995. And have been here ever since. So, oh wow, <laughs> been here wow. a long time. <laughs> been here a long time now. You know, it's kind of hard for me to imagine that 1995 was a long time ago, but it has actually been kind of a long time ago. Time just kind of gets away from us, I think. You know, <laughs> I yeah, know. we're That's already into hard. October. We're already into October of 2023, and it's just kind of hard to imagine how quickly time goes. So where was your first gig here in Nashville? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, when I first moved here, I I lived in Murfreesboro, and I lived with a a good friend of mine. And I would would work in the daytime, and then I'd go um, sing in the evening. I I started making some musician friends, and they would invite me to sing with 
their bands and that kind of thing. So I, I just kind of sat in and did did that for a little while and and you know I just tried to get my name out there as much as much as I could. And then uh, Mary Kay had mentioned that um, I I had the chance to hang out on the road with with Patty Loveless and and I guess she would say that was my first major 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 thing that I got a, the opportunity to do here in Nashville. Wow, wow, wow. Well, that's a pretty major thing. That is a pretty major yes, thing. <laughs> so when we come back, I want to find out more about how you got connected with Patty Loveless. But right now, let's take a listen to another great song. It's called In My Baby's Arms Again. You're listening to Live from Nashville. One of the first 
people that I got connected with down here was a, a guy by the name of Brian Fisher, who was a record producer here in town, and, and unfortunately he passed away a few years ago. But Brian was always really supportive and and just such a great friend. And, and he had heard that Patty was, was having background singer auditions. And so miraculously, and I believe, truly I believe in the in God, <laughs> you know, making a way and, and providing a path for us. I know right. that God opened that door. And so I remember I auditioned for her in it was in February of 1997, <laughs> and um, oh, wow. I did not get the job. Yeah, well, I didn't get the job initially, um, and I was real disappointed. And, and you know, so I, as a lot of us singers and musicians do, we we do other things. And I was working a job that I absolutely despised, and I <laughs> had no idea what I was. What you know, so I I. I ended up quitting that job and I had no idea what I was going to do. And I remember I was talking to my parents on the phone one night and I get a call waiting from Patty's drummer at the time, Eddie Anderson, who by the way, turned out to be my husband. Um, Oh, wow. But yeah, yeah. So he called me and he asked me, he said, Hey, I, I can't really talk right now, but he said, are you still interested in this job? And I said, well, absolutely. So long story short, they were they were making some changes and asked if I was still interested in the job. So went out then I think the next weekend started I think in August of of ninety seven and did that for about a year and a half and then Patty took some time off the road and but it what a what a great experience that was and I'm so thankful to God that that happened and I just I can't thank him enough for that opportunity and the fact that. My husband Eddie. Now Eddie and I had known each other for a long time. We had we had kind of kept running into each other. I met Eddie for the first time when I was 19 years old. He played on some of the first demos that I ever sang on. Down oh here. wow! And we just yeah yeah. So we just kind of kept crossing paths. And then when I started working with Patty, we got to be really good friends. And then started dating, and voila. 24 years later. There we go. Oh, <laughs> wow. Well, congratulations. Yeah. Wow. Thank wow. you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that him having an interest had nothing to do with you performing with uh, Patty Loveless. You know, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm well, sure. Well, you know, Eddie's always, even before we you know, started dating or anything like that, Eddie was always such a great friend to me. And he he's always encouraged me and so again i just god worked that all out and he orchestrated it so i'm i'm very thankful well that's fantastic well you know one thing i'm grateful for is that mary Kay is my best friend not only is she my wife and uh and a co-host but she's my best friend too so every day i'm thankful for her and uh yeah i think god had yeah, yeah, God kind of works things out for you. I think so. I think so. He really does. But we're going to listen really to another song. This one is called Your Old Cold Shoulder. And uh, we'll be right back to talk more with Anita Stapleton today on Live from Nashville.
sweet to say that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, it's sincere. I, um, we don't get to hear uh, your vocal treatment of the songs is really beautiful and unique. And um, I was just wondering if in Nashville, you, I know you say that you sang back up for Patty Loveless. Did you, ha, over the years, have you learned anything vocally that has been helpful to you? in your in your career well you know i when i was a kid you know i i i sang sang for a lot of years with without having any kind of you know i guess you'd say formal training and but then when i was about 18 years old we were working with some um uh, we're working with a few people who who really encouraged me to to do that because you start to kind of pick up some <laughs> some bad habits along the way. Yeah. And so I, I started taking some lessons from a lady who is no longer with us, but she was a great lady and such a great teacher. Her name was Renee Grant Williams. And so she taught me some different techniques. Now, it, it, it took me a little while to, to really have all of that sink in to my brain, and she said that it would. But one day it was just kind of like it, it kind of clicked. And so she she taught a lot of, of maintenance things, you know, breathing and posture and and uh, you know the way you the way you angle your head and you know all all kinds of different things that I hmm. hope I have carried you know throughout you know throughout uh, this whole time. Uh, although you know sometimes you you develop those bad habits again and and. But I've I've tried to remember the things that she has she's taught me. You know I don't I don't know if people that don't that 
are not professionally singing understand that um, a vocalist, we have to work up to a really long set, like a three, four-hour concert. That is something that we have to kind of work up to, um, just like a marathon runner. And we, our voice is something we do have to keep in shape. And um, have to have good, like you said, good technique. But you, your your vocal styling is just seems so effortless. It's just very, very pretty. And you probably have seen other singers that have damaged their voice with bad um, technique over the years. And um, I, I know I. And but anyway, just compliments to you. Thanks for sharing that. Well, thank you. That's so sweet of you to say. I really appreciate that. I, I, someone had once said that you know, you know, your voice is is your instrument, and then your body is the case <laughs> that it's in. So, and a lot of things yeah. can affect that. You know, um, illnesses can affect your voice. Oh yeah. Fatigue. All kinds of things can can factor into to your voice. So it it really getting proper rest and and exercising it every day, like you said, which, you know, sometimes I'm guilty of not doing it, not exercising yeah. my voice as much as I should, but, but I, I love to sing and I, and I always have. And, and, but thank you for your, for your very kind words of encouragement. I appreciate oh, that. Thank well, you. Sure. You know, um, Gary, what is our next song on the list? Our next song is Old Heartaches, and we're going to take a listen to that and come back. And I have a question for Miss Anita when we return. You're listening to Live from Nashville, Heard Around the World, on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, most streaming platforms. Just search for Equestrian Legacy Radio. Oh. 
heartaches, Miss Anita Stapleton. And uh, Anita, I was telling you before the show started that we had had a lot of uh, performers over to the house about a month or so ago, and we were sitting around the dining room table, and uh, and they started telling road stories, and we just almost died laughing at some of the stories, and some could be told on the air, and most of them couldn't, but uh, you got a road story for us? That we could tell on the air? <laughs> well, most of mine can't either, but um, <laughs> I, <laughs> but I do remember, I, I mean, this isn't any, I, I guess it's kind of a humorous thing. Now, I had never really been on a bus that much before, you know, uh, until, you know, I started uh, doing the, the Patty Loveless thing. And so, anyway, the, the first time that we went out, uh, we went up to Vermont, and we drove from Nashville to Vermont, and that's like a, golly, I don't know how many hour trip that it's is. It's a long drive. But, um, yeah. It is a very long drive, yes. And so anyway, we I remember we had stayed up the night before, and we were talking, although I was pretty shy. I wasn't saying a whole lot, you know, just kind of taking it all in. And when everybody started kind of going back to their bunks, I thought, well, I'll go back too. And so... Anyway, I I lay down in, in my bunk, and I fell asleep, and I fell asleep for about 12 hours because nobody, oh, wow. nobody saw, yeah, nobody oh, saw me, nobody heard anything from me, and we had, they had, I had, was told that we had stopped like three times, and I never got out of my bunk, and <laughs> what woke me up was that Patty had, had pulled the curtain back on my bunk, and she and that woke me up, and she was looking in, and she said, I just want to make sure that you were still here, because she said, I hope that we didn't leave you anywhere, because, you know, I had, I had slept all that time, but I, thought, but I got real used to the sound of, of you know, a, a bus engine, and I, yeah. I guess it helped put me to sleep, I guess, so. Oh, <laughs> well, 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 I can't, I can't remember who it was, but we had... Um, Gosh, I can't remember who it was. We had somebody somebody on, and they were talking about their tour bus, and they had gotten off in some little hamlet, some little town, and uh, were in a market or something. And when they came back out, the tour bus, the the bus took off, and they all thought oh. he was on the bus in, in a bunk or something, and they got oh, down the road. Who was that, Mary Kay? Do you remember? I can't remember, but he just got left behind. Yeah. But anyway, he was, he was left behind. No. Yeah. So a truck driver saw him, and you know he was trying to wave at the at the bus, and they just kept going. And so uh, was it Riders in the Sky? One of the Riders in the Sky? I can't remember. But anyway, he went with no. with the truck driver, took him down to some exit. He said, "I'm gonna let you off here." And when he got off, they were pulled over in another truck stop. And so he he hooked back up with them there, and they never knew he was gone. They never knew he was wow. gone. Wow. It was the most hilarious thing. Uh, well, you you never know about happen, these stories. Yeah, that did happen to one of the band members in Patty's band. He he just, you know, we we had stopped at a convenience store or whatever, and they thought everybody was on, because she had two buses. She had one for the band, and then she had um, hers with a couple other people on it. Uh, I actually was was on her bus with 
her road manager and fiddle player. But the, the band bus, yeah, they had left. <laughs> they had left the guitar player behind. So, but I don't think it took us too long to figure it out. And I, I think we ended up having to turn back around and go back and oh, get him. I guess. I, so. <laughs> Well, I could see how that could happen, but that was hilarious. He said, "I just got in with the truck driver," and he said, "Okay, this is as far as I'm as far as I'm going, so I'm going to let you off at this exit." <laughs> and it happened that the bus <laughs> was over at the truck stop. So anyway, well, you have been so much fun to have on the show. I am really looking forward to having you come back. You are a talented, talented lady, and great music, and we'd love to invite you back to be with us. So how about telling folks how they can find you and your music and follow where you're performing? Well, thank you so much for having me on the show today, Gary and Mary Kay. It's been great talking to you. And our our website is um, anitastapletonmusic.com. And so you can get some of our music there. We have a merchandise page and we've got our CDs. And, and then we <laughs> we try to update it from time to time to to – let people know, you know, where where we'll be performing, and so yeah, so just AnitaStaplesMusic.com. All right, well, be sure and check her out. Get some of her great music and uh, and see her performing here in Nashville, Tennessee, when you get the opportunity. But right now, we're going to close this out. Go ahead. <laughs> Let me say something real quick. I just wanted to say that on her web on Anita's website she has a Christmas album that looks so good. With Christmas coming up, you might want to give a look see. All right. Be sure and check that Thank out. You. Be sure and check that Thank out. Thank you very much. But anyway, we're gonna close this out with another great song. It's called Someone Had to Teach You. We'll be back in just a moment on Live from Nashville. Thanks, Anita. Thank you.
Well, welcome back to Live from Nashville. There is so much to say about our next guest, I almost don't know where to start. She is a former model. She is a radio and television host. She is an author, a singer, and a songwriter, and a very, very good friend. Please welcome to the show, Miss Devin O'Day. Hey, Devin. Hey there, and I love horses. <laughs> and she loves That's horses. Fun. Yeah, I started yeah, to say an ad- animal advocate as well. But anyway, how are you doing, my friend? Yeah. I'm doing good. It's so funny. I was laughing because last night I had a horse that, you know, you can wrap them up in bubble wrap, but they're going to get into something. And he ate so fast, mm-hmm. and he went and lay down and started rolling. You know what that means. So I was out walking uh-huh. until 2 a.m. Oh, uh, my you goodness know, gracious. So- but he's mm-hmm. good, you know. I always said well, I, sometimes I, I do that those Pentecostal prayers. I lay hands on him and pray for poop. You know, that's what you do. <laughs> 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 well, I tell you. Yeah, yeah. I have lost uh, a horse or two with colic, and so that's pretty scary. And I also have walked until 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, you know, until we got yes. got the horse taken care of. But I'm glad he's doing okay. Glad he is doing yes. okay. Well, what have you been up to since you were on, you know, you were on the Campfire Cafe uh, a, a while back. It's been a while back. And first time for live yeah. in Nashville. But, um, I was uh afternoon drive at WSM when I was on at that time, because I remember being outside the Opryland Hotel ready to uh, go into the studio when I did the visit with you that time. And uh, since then, I have moved to a company called Main Street Media, which is a newspaper company that hired me to develop new media for them. And that's a big word because new media is anything we don't really understand yet. and We just kind of create it. And so um, <laughs> they hired me <laughs> to start with podcast. And then I've, I've moved on to uh, streaming television shows. And now we have an app and, you know, it's just, you know, wherever the people are ears and eyes, we want to be there. And that's kind of the way that life is now. Right. Well, it absolutely is. And, you know, I was thinking earlier today, Devin, um, when I started, Equestrian Legacy Radio, that was all about horses, and that was over 11 years ago, and uh, online radio was just starting to be found. And uh, today, right. if you are not online, you're you're out of business. I mean, people are listening around the world online to these shows, and then podcast, and now everybody's doing podcast. But things just continue to change and develop, don't they? They they surely do, and you've got to be able to move with it and, and grow with it. And I always say that if you're first on the, the scene, you're really ahead of the game. And, you know, Gary, I know you can go back because you've archived all these great shows, and they can go back and listen to this group. Uh, another mutual friend, I think, uh, Michael Jonathan, who started uh, yeah. Woodsong's Wood Radio. Songs. Yeah. And Wood Songs, I mean, he has this live show that he created in Lexington, Kentucky on a Monday night when the theaters were dark, and he says, let's do this, and now he's on 400 stations, and he just gives away his show for free, and he's created yeah. this phenomenon, uh, but he started it before anybody did online, before anybody did any of this stuff. 
you know. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing what happens with folks. And uh, my wife, Mary Kay, is with us. And Mary Kay, would you like to say hi to Miss Devin? How are you? I know I'm you're doing tired. great. How are you? And uh, and with you, I hear there's several congratulations are in order. Oh, you have you. Babies and weddings and all sorts of stuff in the family, oh. and that's always a celebration <laughs> in life. Uh, yeah, uh, gosh. it's a lot. It is, and 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 she was just nominated for Female Vocalist of the Year with the Western Music Association a couple of days all ago. All that and so. she sings too. <laughs> and she sings too. But, you know, it's really cool. And we were just talking about the fact, Devin, that Mary Kay and I will be celebrating. Well, we we won't be celebrating because she's going to be at a wedding. But we would have been celebrating our third our third wedding anniversary this weekend if she wasn't going to her daughter's wedding, who happened to pick our the same day for her wedding. But uh, before before we got married, Mary Kay came to visit here in Nashville. She's from Utah, for folks mm-hmm. around the world that are listening. And so she came to visit, and so the first two people that she wrote with were Wood Newton and you. And uh, so and she has such a beautiful a, day. Yeah, and she it has was, such a close connection to you. Yeah. Mary I Kay, loved her from in. the second we sat down. From the second we sat down, uh, Mary Kay, yeah. I just – I just felt like you were my sister, my soul sister, and I just loved it. Yeah. I I agree. I agree. You, I, I feel the same way. And Gary and I just both really just love and admire you so much. Well, we That's want to talk to a little bit. Of, right. It, yeah. it, it, it yeah. is. It, it is. But I want to get to uh, one of the great songs that you did a co-writer on for George Strait. This is the big one. Who did you write this song with? I wrote it with my co-host. Uh, my uh, I was actually his producer, and then I was the token girl on the show, Jerry House, and I wrote this song together. And it was kind of one of those kind of things. We were laughing because we kept seeing headlines for the big one. And, of course, it was talking about the earthquake. You know, the, California was waiting for the yeah. big one, you know. And yeah. it just kept showing up, showing up, showing up. We left the ACM Awards. A whole group of us from Nashville went to the ACM Awards. You know, in Nashville, when something happens, we go in a big knot of people. You know, the ACM oh, yeah. Awards. It, it just, <laughs> we all got on the same plane, flew to L.A., went to the same little hotel, the same <laughs> thing to go and get our awards, and then we got on the same plane to go home. And we ate the same restaurants and everything. We we just go in a big throng. And so we got on the plane, and there on the seats was a USA Today says, waiting for the big one. He looked at me, and I looked at him, and I said, we got to write it. And we wrote it, and we it was the last song on a session. We had literally five minutes left. They played it down one time. John Wesley Ryle sang the demo, and it was – I took it to Herb Woolsey's office, George's manager, and put it in a – big old box of cassettes. That's how long ago it was. And there must have been 500 to 1,000 cassettes there. I said, well, here you go. I just stuck it on top. Then I got a message, and they said, we need label copy. I didn't know what label copy was. And then they needed, that meant they wanted to know all the information, the publishers and all that other stuff. And then that meant they were going to record it, they were going to cut it, and then they said, oh, it's going to be the first single. And it was the fastest number one of George's career. 
Oh, wow. 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 So I think <clears> six <throat> weeks. Six weeks went right to number one. And uh, he did not do – it's so funny. You know those things where you're sitting at the CMA Awards and you're going, we have the number one song in America with George. He's going to do our song. Nope. He didn't do our song. He did – a song that he had out that, you know, was a remake of a George Jones song. And <laughs> I'm going, no, I'm never going to hear my song on the CMA Awards. But you know oh, what? Gosh. It's really funny. And I always say well, that George Jones, I mean, uh, George Strait bought my Strait. house, my little house in Donaldson. He bought my, my 900 square foot house in in Donaldson. <laughs> Oh gosh! Well, this is the big one. It's George Strait. This is one that Devin wrote with Jerry House. We're going to come back and talk more with our good friend Devin O'Day in just a moment on Live from Nashville. Without a warning, you're out of control. The ground shakes and the ocean rolls. This is the big nowhere to run On the ricochet of a romance You hit the 12 and you don't stand a chance This is the big one I'm falling in love Now it's beat, beat, beat My heart's sending out a message Please, please, please Don't save me tonight And I have some old goats, and 
then I have chickens. Now they're not spe- well, they might be special needs, but I have two roosters <laughs> that are like attack roosters, and it's so funny. I laugh because I used to just carry them around and love on them and pet them and everything, which I can still do. But they will run across the pasture and will try to attack and spur you. And they're just, I always say, I don't need uh, an attack dog. I've got Fiona. These two little boys raised them from little kitties, and they couldn't have roosters in their their, uh, area and where they their subdivision. And so they brought me their, their roosters and the little boy said, I named him Fiona and he's good with that. <laughs> 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 it was funny. And, this, and he does know his name. He knows that's his name. So surprising. Wow. Well, it's, it's Angel Horse Farm and uh, it is uh, a special needs animal ranch. It's in Lebanon, Tennessee. And uh, we do have a page on Instagram, Angel Horse Farm. Every animal has special, has a, Superpower. So, yeah. So, what about this blind steer that you've got there? I was kind of what's what's the blind steer's name? His name is Stevie Wonder. What? I did not give him that name. <laughs> 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 and he loves music. He absolutely loves music, and he dances. Yeah, he's on my TikTok page dancing, and you can see him out dancing. He really loves. My neighbor really has loves to have large parties with their family, and they have a band. And they play, and he just dances, and uh, he really, really enjoys music. And he bobs his head, which is how he got his name, of course. Um, But he he came out of a cruelty case, and uh, I got a phone call, and they said, we don't know what to do with this animal. We're going to probably have to put him down. He's malnourished, and there was this whole thing. And and my vet, uh, Dr. Kinslow, said, you know this animal can kill somebody. Nobody, if you don't know what you're doing, this is not something you can go out and pet. He doesn't know what he's doing, and and you, you, this is. This, he said, "Who's getting him?" And they told him who, and he went, "Oh, never mind. Let me." <laughs> so he did, the, he did the castration. I had to explain to people that I could not have, I could not have a a full grown bull, blind or not, right. that was not castrated. They said, "Well, you don't have any other bulls." I said, "No, but two farms over, we do." And he would knock down every fence between here and there to get to them. So let's just <laughs> take care of that right now. Yeah. Yeah, let's take care of that right now. Right. We oh, we did, wow. and he did, and 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 it 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 was really difficult for people who deal with things on a different basis. They were not used to large animal vets before. They'd only done spays and neuters on little cats and, you know, dogs and stuff. Dogs. And it's a little bit graphic for 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 uh you know, big animals and so they were traumatized. But I said, He'll be okay, I promise you. <laughs> and he is. <laughs> he's just fine. And he's about four times the size he was. He's huge. Yeah, wow. that's wow. what Yeah, that's what I understood. You don't see, yeah, you don't see. No, no, and he was he was blind from birth, so uh, <laughs> he teaches trust. He teaches trust, and that's what I, it's a therapy ranch, and I have people that uh, will make private uh, consultation things, and they'll come out and we'll work, and we, um, I don't let people go out in the, in the pasture with him, but when he, he, uh-huh. he comes up, I call him and I, you know, I play music and he comes to the gate, wherever it is. I just can turn on the music and he finds me. 
And uh, he comes up to the gate, and that's when they can pet him and all that kind of stuff. He loves affection. But I tell everybody he's 1,500 pounds of full affection. Mm, That's a lot of of affection. Mm -hmm. And he can knock you over, and he doesn't know that he's doing it. If he steps on you, it's going to hurt. And it might, you know, so we we don't do that, but, but they can pet him over the fence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about music again. And um, okay. you had you had written a song for Leanne Womack, or it's one that Leanne Womack recorded called "Forever Every Day." So tell yeah. us a little bit about the background. Who did you write this with, and how did that get to uh, to Leanne Womack? Um, I wrote that with Kim McLean and we, I, I came in with the idea about, um, your grandparents. And I said, it's just such an amazing thing when they're old, they're young again. It was this, you know, it's, it was in their old age that they started laughing and having fun like little kids again. And I said, isn't it a shame that we, for a period of our lifetime, we lose that. And I said, you know, remember when it rained, we thought God was crying. And every yeah. day was like just getting closer to Christmas. And, oh, you know, yeah. I always thought of this as sort of like a Christmas song, too, you know, because a kid, you know, but when is Christmas? When is my birthday? When is Christmas? And we, every day oh, was all around that. And it was Forever, every day. I mean, the days were long, and they were filled with magic and wonder. And somewhere along the way, we forget that until we're old, and then we remember again. And that's where this song came from. This is a beautiful song. It's Forever, Every Day. Leanne Womack. We'll be right back. Hey, Mom. 
because Sean Camp will be joining us, Grammy-winning from the Earls of Leicester and Grammy-winning with a song by Garth Brooks called Two Pina Coladas, Sean Camp, and uh, and making his debut is Mark D. Sand- Mark D. Sanders, who wrote songs like For Faith Hill, It Matters to Me. Uh, oh, just yeah. incredible. So he's making his debut, that and Ray Stevenson and, and several others. We'll have a discovery artist as well, but... Every I like it because it's a it's a matinee show in Nashville, ninety percent tourists. Yep. So if you come into Nashville, it's it's great. It doesn't interfere with the Opry or dinner or anything like that. You just come in, and doors open at eleven fifteen a.m. every Saturday at Third and Lindsley, and we go till about two thirty. Oh wow, wow! Well, it's awesome, Mary Kay. We got to get down there, okay? Yeah, we've got to then, Yeah. Take me down well, there. Well, when Take you do, you just let me know, and I'll put you on my list. All righty. All righty. Well, I have a question for you uh, about music. How has it changed over the last few years as far as uh, the way that music is delivered today to the public? Well, first of all, the public and the artists have never been so closely intertwined. 
There used to be the middleman of the record company and the radio station, but those are less a part of it now. It's really the engagement. You really have with social media and with the Internet the chance to really engage with your fans. So they've taken away some of that. But with that, the double-edged side of that sword is you just don't get paid like you did. Yeah, yeah. So uh, people aren't buying CDs necessarily as much as they – and I always stress, um, if you really love an artist, buy a T-shirt, buy a bookmark, buy uh, a koozie, buy, buy something of theirs because that supports them in a way so they can keep making the music that you love. Um, songwriters are the very last to get paid. Uh, you get you know, a, a million streams and you get $125. It's just, you know, I don't think of there's Crazy. anybody who sells a million of anything and makes 125 bucks. Crazy, but, crazy, crazy. But we're, crazy, we're working crazy, on crazy. that. Music Modernization Act came along. Uh, President Trump signed that as one of the first things he put in to give songwriters their first raise. It was the first thing he signed, and that gave songwriters their first raise since, I believe, 1929. Wow. 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 It's called Music Modernization Act. Yeah, it's it's very interesting because um, people are just you know I I've told people this before I do not have a radio in the house I don't have a CD player in the house most of mine is done by Alexa or with mm-hmm. my computer or my telephone today and. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that people are now, I'm sitting here at my desk and I, it's just stacked full of CDs, but these are CDs that artists have sent me. And so I can download these into my computer for the, for airplay. But uh, how are you seeing most of the artists when they go to a show? Are they just still doing CDs or is it going to vinyl or what are these things? Joysticks or whatever, whatever those things, memory sticks. Or Mary Kay most, used to the most, show where she did QR codes on a postcard. That worked out pretty well. Yeah, that is that is certainly one way of doing it. We've, everybody's encouraging everybody to follow them on socials and uh, follow and them on Spotify. And just and then that's the, the first line of defense. And then I encourage everybody to do some kind of CD that is signable. And I encourage everybody, if you love an artist, take a souvenir home. And a signed CD is always a nice souvenir. And they make these wonderful little frames that you can buy that you can frame that little CD and put it on your wall. You can keep it as a souvenir that, hey, they signed this. And when you download a CD or when you listen online, you can't read the story of the song, the liner notes. You don't really know who played on it because those really right. are included. But on a CD, you have all of the good stuff. You know, you have the sometimes stories, you get pictures, you get all of the artists, uh, the musicians that played on it. That's a big deal for me. I love to see yeah. what musicians played on right. something. Right, right, right. Well, I think, you know, I encourage people to go to the artist's website and just buy it directly from the website and have it shipped because that's 
you know, like the merchandise. That's the way you support them. Mm-hmm. And instead of going and streaming, then just go to the website, buy it from them directly. That puts money in their pockets. It does. It does. And I've told, like, I have a lot of artists that I work with. I have a little incubation, uh, kind of a PR firm called uh, Devin's Farm. And we grow talent. And that's that's kind of getting, because I saw these artists coming in, and they didn't have enough money to pay a publicist and a manager. They didn't have anything going on. And they just, they needed something to get them to the next level. And I couldn't do it for free, but I did it for a nominal fee to kind of get them started, to get their you know, get their websites done and get their bios written and get the stuff about their, their music taken care of. And then I watched them. I said, well, they said, Miss Devin, they're not buying CDs. I said, well, what are they buying? So I had one very artistic artist. Her name is Sarah Beth Terry. And she started, she had a a bunch of chickens and she started making these, all these, everybody's wearing these hats now. Yellowstone, everybody's wearing hats. And they all have these elaborate feathers <laughs> that they put in there. So she started making these feather pins. She's Devin, I'm making go. way more money from feather pins than I am from my music. I said, does it matter? Are they showing up at your show? She goes, yes. <laughs> so <laughs> she's doing feather pins. And now she started decorating and painting hats and doing these really cool hats. And so she does hats and feather pins. And she says, and I give away, they get a free CD with purchase. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's kind of cool because uh, Mary Kay has a has a uh, eBay store called Nash West yeah. Threads, and so oh, cool. uh, and so you she's been putting some stuff on Facebook and listed it for sale. And so when she does that, you buy you buy a necklace or you buy earrings or something, you get a free download. And I thought, well, yeah. that's clever. It's very clever, and I'm going to go online because I love the way Mary Kay dresses, and I never know where she finds that cool stuff. (laughs) 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 I always think I go, I need Mary Kay to be my stylist because she finds the coolest things. You always look so hip and cool, so I said, I I need to go to your store. Oh, my goodness, I would let Yeah. Hey, there's, uh, was it a week ago, Mary Kay, that we had Thea McGrath on, or was it two, two weeks ago, wasn't it? Two weeks ago? Weeks ago. Yeah. My sweet Tia, my dear friend, my Canadian sister, I just love her so much. We met years and years and years ago. Um, Jack McFadden, who was Billy Ray Cyrus's manager, his office uh, had a publishing company, and uh they set me up to write with Tia, and that was many, many years ago. Jack is now in heaven, and uh, we I can still feel his presence every day. He was a crotchety old thing, but I sure did love him more than anything. And uh, he and uh, Leah in his office, they said, we think you and Tia would write really well together. And we started a friendship that's just been, oh, gosh, it's almost 30 years now. Well, uh, it was two weeks ago that she was on, and you you connected us. Thank you very much. Oh, but um, there is a song that you wrote, and they worked with you on. She and her husband Tommy. Uh, mm-hmm. Let them see you're strong, and and I don't want to cry, but I may cry for these next couple of songs. But uh, tell Aww. us about the song. How did how did well, this come to be? 
How did this come to be? I was I was going through a tough time. I mean, I'm I'm not going to lie. It was a really tough time, and uh, I always say that faith. You really know that you've got faith when you have nothing left but faith. <laughs> That's when yeah. you know it's real. You know, we can boast about our faith, but we really, when we ask God for more faith, it's kind of like asking Him for more patience. He gives you the chance to show that you've got it. And uh, I was in one of those places, and God woke me up at 5:30 in the morning, which it only have to be God because I wouldn't get up for 5:30 for anybody <laughs> except God. <laughs> and uh, I. Uh, I got this, I sat down at the piano and I got this melody and it was like I could hear him speaking to me and he said, let him see you're strong. And strong was a noun. It's like, it's like this is, this is what I gave you and I gave you this and I brought you through this and I, I just want you to just keep walking and let me fight your battle. And in that letting, and it's, it's don't try to defend yourself, just keep walking, keep showing the world who I made you to be. And that that literally is I felt God's audible voice as I was writing this. And then Tommy and Tia came to visit and we were right we were gonna work on a song and uh we hadn't really nailed, you know, what we were gonna write and then I think it's like everybody took a bathroom break and kinda like, okay, we're gonna come back and I just sat down at the piano and started playing this and Tommy said, What's that? And I shared it with him and then Tia started singing it and I went, Okay, here we go. And so mm-hmm. uh then they recorded it, and Tia has taken this song to the world and is nominated for um, the Positive Song of the Year and uh, for the Posse Awards. And it has been cut by Erica Nicole, and a couple of other people have put it on hold. And I just – I don't know where the song will go, but I do know that when people hear it, it has made a difference to them. And they call me, and they say things like, you know, I'm so glad you wrote this song. And I said, well – it was a gift, let me tell you. It was a gift. Well, it is a phenomenal song, Let Them See You're Strong. This is Tia McGrath, written by Devin O'Day, Tia, and Tommy.
creator on that one um and i don't mean me <laughs> you know, you're, you're talking about the big creator up there yeah uh, yeah the creator and you know i always feel like there's songs that uh that come from that place you can't even wrap around and it's like oh okay this 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 had this had something bigger <laughs> this is there, there was something bigger in mind on this one so yeah, yeah. Do you uh, do you write regularly? Regularly now, I'll get that out in just a minute. Do you write regularly now, or what's your writing I process do. like? I do. Uh, I write more by myself. I usually sit out at least once a week, um, and I like nighttime when I'm listening to the horses eat and uh, Stevie Wonder is munching down, and I go and I sit outside. And even if it's cold and I take a guitar and I sit outside and I come up with ideas and I sing them into my phone. I'm working on a children's project right now, and that oh, I'm wow. really excited about. And uh, I was raised by two educators, and, you know, my mom was a first, second, and third grade teacher, depending upon the time. And I used to go after school, and I would – when I got my driver's license, I'd drive back down, and while she would grade papers and do lessons – lesson plans I would take over and I would do music with the kids every day oh wow and and we would learn vowels and we'd learn math facts and we'd do things like that to music but then I started writing I've worked on some empowering songs for kids and it's my dream to have kids concerts some matinee concerts at some of the local theaters here in middle Tennessee that parents could bring their kids and I want to have like a temporary tattoo parlor because tattoos are so in right now. But I want to yeah, all empowering yeah. things 
where they could put little little things like lions that have courage and things like that so that kids yeah. could have their little empowering messages and uh, and invite some of my friends that are in town and say, okay, let's, you know, we're going to do some empowering things and just do some little compilations for kids because I think that, you know, I know this is it's very, very sappy, but I think kids are our future. And though I don't have any children, I believe that I can bless them with music. That is awesome. That is awesome. That is awesome. That is awesome. Well, this has been short, but a great visit with you. And uh, we're gonna have to have you. Come, we're gonna have to have you come back. We need to talk more about Main Street Media, and we need to talk more about songwriting and all of the things that you're involved well, in. At some point too. Yeah. I, I, uh, you know what? Whatever you guys, whenever you guys call, I'm there. I just love you both more than lunch and jewelry, and I just would love to be a part of anything that you do. So you just let me know. Well, we love you, and uh, and look forward to having you back. We're going to get close this out with a great song, and this is a, a beautiful song. This is you performing this song. Tell us about I Remember You Beautiful. You know, um, and I'm not going to tell you who this is about, but this was about somebody very specific, and um, it was someone who's very, very dear to me, and um he walked into this room and I heard somebody behind me saying the most mean, cruel, horrible things just under their breath. And it hurt my heart because all I could see was a person that I knew. All I could see was this beautiful human being that I love so much. And then as the time has gone, I re- realized that this song has different different feelings because I went home to see my mom who has had a stroke and she can't walk right now because she's lost the left side of her body's use. And, um, and I think about how beautiful my mom was. And I just, I look back and, and all the stuff, when it kind of comes to that place in our lives, it's, it's where we find that weird forgiveness that we go, I don't remember who caused any ill will. I don't remember any of the bad. All I can seem to remember is the beautiful stuff. And that's yeah. the place I hope we all get to be with everybody in our lives before we leave this planet. Well, you did a beautiful job on this. It is a beautiful song. This is I Remember You Beautiful. This is Devin O'Day. Devin, thanks so much for doing this. Thank you. I appreciate you both.
Well, Mary Kay, you are such a talented young lady that I think we will just close the show today with a great song that you did called The Real Thing. And, uh, darling, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Yeah. 